All right, welcome in, everybody. It is the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me at Nonsense underscore Steve basically everywhere. My co-host, Mr. Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Neil, how are you doing this evening? Hey, hey, hey. That's not copyright infringement at all. Uh, no. no uh, we're going to uh, get sued, and uh, they're going to come after us. So, yeah. thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, and you know, we're well known because we're the well, number one rated podcast recorded primarily in a storage locker in Mesa, Arizona. That is our biggest claim to fame. That is our biggest claim to fame. That and Philip Lindsay. Yeah, um, both of those. It's, it's, it's interesting here. Uh, it's interesting. It's snowing again here in Denver, which is not necessarily breaking news, but it keeps doing this thing where it snows for a day and then it's 70 degrees. So it's just uh, it was wild. It's wild, wild, yeah, it wild a- stuff. It was a frigid 80 here today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds horrible. Were people in jackets? Full-on winter gear. <laughs> Snow pants and everything. Yep. Uh, what lead story this week, Neil, is uh, the Cardinals' social media team thought it would be funny to troll the internet. The internet was not a fan. No. no. They, uh, they did not take kindly. No, the internet doesn't the like Cardinals the, making uh, fantasy football jokes. No, no, they did not care for that at all. Matthew Barry, especially, did not care for that in uh, in any way. Yeah, I mean that was that got out of hand a little bit there. Yeah, it, it got was, a little uh, out of control. A little dicey. Yeah, it got a little out of control there. But uh, but really, I mean the, the main thing with that was we talked about it on Friday. David Johnson being super iffy, dealing with the injury. They list him as active. Not only active, but the starter. They then put him out there. He takes the first carry of the game on the first play of the game. Never touches the field again. Yep. Just do it on the sideline. Just hanging out, high-fiving Chase Edmonds. Oh, who, had, who had a marvelous day, for those of you who happened to miss that. Monster game. My, oh, my. If only there was some sort of news outlet that had a weekly <laughs> format that kept telling That'll you. That'll be a theme, I'm telling that tell, you. That kept telling you to roster Chase Edmonds. Well, that was why. Just not saying it. Uh, that's what it was. That's why. Not saying, I'm just saying. Dude can play. Dude can yeah. play. Like, he'd be starting on other teams. Let's just say that. Well, there's a reason he's been cutting into DJ's workload. He's maybe not the pass catcher DJ is, but he... More and more is looking to be the every bit the runner the DJ is. Yeah, for sure. But no, that was that was a misstep by them, to say the very least. Oh, to poke the bear? Oh yeah. yeah. Well yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was dumb. That was dumb. That was dumb. Yeah, let me try to troll a group of internet trolls. Yeah, well it's a yeah, that always a works of, out for a you. bunch of people that were already angry to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Let me let me just flip the bird to this group of people <laughs> that I've already like well, frankly, let's just call it what it is. It's cost them a lot of entertainment purposes only. So they've lost a lot of entertainment purposes only, Steve, by him not playing, potentially. And then for you to come out and troll them, yeah, you're going to get a negative reaction. Also, have you ever yeah, been on the sure. internet? Right. <laughs> kind of how the internet works. Ever read the internet? It's not a happy place. So let's get into some news here. By weeks this week, just the Ravens and the Cowboys so, of course, you're going to have to replace those dominant running backs, Zeke Elliott and Lamar Jackson. Yep. 100%. Uh, 
What was he, RB6? Like two right, he's number five right now. Number he's five, number five yeah, in the league in the rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah. There Kamara, it is. Kamara misses a week, and there you go. Moving on up. So uh, QB tight end Drew Brees says he plans to start this week. Sean Payton said it's going to come down to a game-time decision. Could this be the end of the Teddy Bridge show? <sighs> well... It's either this or it's it's uh, week 10, one would believe, at this point. Because as we'll point out now and probably again several times, the Saints are on bye next week. Week 9. So we'll see if he's able to play this game. Honestly, it's, it's weird be- because Teddy Bridgewater's been so good for them. He's undefeated. And it's a different, you know, ball game, obviously. Right, Steve? You know, they're not chucking it, you know, the way that they would be. A lot more, you know, controlled offense. A lot more... Uh, 12 yard passes as opposed to like the just huge volume of audibles and throwing and running around and mixing it up that breeze likes to do. Cause Bridgewater's not that guy, but they're running the ball effectively and he's guided them successfully to what is it? Five straight wins with Bridgewater under center. Uh, yeah. Undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. So I think it'll come to an end either this week or in 10. I'd be leaning towards week 10 because they have the buy in week nine and they're playing the Cardinals this week. And with Teddy bridge, having them five and Oh, if there's any doubt in your mind that he's not 100%, why would you risk it? And that logic applies to some other. Well, yeah, and it's the fact, too, that when he first got hurt, they said it was a six- to eight-week recovery time frame. And we all kind of penciled in week 10 because that's basically eight weeks. At this point, it's been five weeks. So, you know, this, this would be six weeks since the injury on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So it's th- this was the reason, though, why they didn't put him on the pup list. Is literally yeah, the this exact IR. scenario because he could come back. IR. So, so we'll see. Like that's the that's the thing is just monitor the practice reports. But really wonky. He was limited. That's the crazy thing. He actually did put on pads. So we'll see. Yeah, he was back. He's been throwing for a little while. So he, he's getting, he's close. At least he's close. Yep, we will see. Uh, Matt Ryan sprained his ankle, left the game early, and is questionable for this week. Now, reports today say that he is unlikely to play. Where do you have Matt Ryan rest of season, Neil? I, one of the most asked questions of the day. Uh, rest of season, he's going to be taking quite the hit from where you had uh, drafted him at the start. And at this point, I've got Matt Ryan down from, he was, what was he, like four? I've got him down at about eight, nine. Yeah, he's going to be down at around 8-9. That's uh, yeah. how that the mighty have right. fallen. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be in that neighborhood for the rest of the season. Because now he's going to be... He was inconsistent to begin with. The Falcons are a bad team if people haven't been paying attention. It's, it's been weird to watch people not understand that. The Falcons are bad. Their defense is especially bad. And uh, uh, now he's been inconsistent, they've been bad, and he's now gimpy. That's not good. He couldn't move to begin with, Steve. So now he's got to. I mean, that's always a combination for success, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Being a statue. See Flacco, comma Joe. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No, I mean, I, I'm I'm right there with you. It's it's real scary trying to rank him rest of season. Yeah, he's dropped like seven for no, like five spots from like from the preseason because of this right. this whole yeah, not not great. It's something we'll get into later, but essentially at this point, they have Seattle this week, which is a top 10 matchup. Then the bye in week nine. Then you have Tampa Bay in week 12. Loving that. Is a top five matchup. 
Yep. And then the, they play Tampa Bay again in week 17. Oh, you Those love are that. his yeah, only yeah. top 20 matchups Ooh, the rest of the year. Do not likey. Ooh, no likey. Especially so, one of them being week 17. He's been terrible. Yeah. And, and now you're talking about this week, good matchup, and he's gimpy. And then in week 12, he's got Tampa. That may be his one streamable week yeah. at that point. And every other week, Oof. I don't even know if you can trust him. Oof. Yep. They've got yeah. New Orleans twice, Carolina twice, San Francisco, and Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. I don't like any of that. Jacksonville so, is the least scary of those, weirdly. But, uh, yeah, well, at, the, at this point, the, trades, the best like, matchup is Carolina. Yeah. And yeah. it's a division matchup that you're unsure about. Right. It would I mean, be a there's, good matchup on there's paper, a serious scenario where if you're in a 10 team league, Matt Ryan might be droppable. Yeah. Yep. He With came the into the week especially. as the number four quarterback, and it he could be expendable at this point. Yep. In a ten team league, in a twelve team league, yeah. I think you could probably get to ride ride it out. But yeah, and you can't trade him at this point either because he's just no value on. It's him. yeah, it's it's hat gabby. Trade him all. It's there's. I would normally talk to you about like stapling it to something. No, I don't know what you'd have to staple it to. It's not. It's just a dead. It's like an NBA dead contract. <laughs> it's just. It's just not a good. Good, I ugh, ugh, yeesh. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's he dropped very six brutal. spots basically, like in the yeah. rest of the season in like one day. Woof, that's a bad day. Bad day at the Tell office. Tell me about it, right? That's a woof. Well, I, well, right. we, I won't. I won't get into your own personal suffering <laughs> on the air. Yeah. We don't have the time. No. We're good. We're good. Uh, Pat Mahomes, by the way, is also back practicing. He's going to miss some time, but this just confirms my fear that he's a robot and that we need to file the petition with the league to have him removed due to the fact that he's a cyborg. Did he Uh, come from the St. Louis Cardinals factory of robots? Because we know that that's also a thing. That's how they keep getting pitchers years over years over years. Probably. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. It's insane that he's going to try and get back out there after what happened to him. So, yeah, no. Cyborg all the way. Yeah, 100% cyborg. He 1000. Uh, Nick Foles is back at practice. He can return week 11, and the team has said they have every intention of putting him out there when he gets back in week 11. So is this is this the end of Minshew Mania? It'll never be the end of Minshew Mania, Steve. You've <laughs> seen that man and his mustache and his swaggering uh-huh. verbato. Uh-huh. It will never be the end of Minshew Mania. As long as that That's man's fair. alive and you know what? That's fair. he will have a fan base. I promise yeah. you that. It just may not be the same fan base as the NFL fan base forever. (laughs) What I will say is that, uh, yeah, Yeah, they're going to play. We won't go into his side career that you keep wanting to go into. We can't legally keep talking about that. Yeah, the NFL actually got pretty upset about that. Family podcast Uh, here. Yeah, family podcast as well. But, yeah, his side career, believe me, he'll he'll, – who knows what he'll do with it. But – he it, look. We went over this several times already. It's Nick Foles. They paid him a ton of money. He's going to get the the, op, or to, the opportunity to go back out. That's absolutely. See, now going the question for me is: Do they well, trade Minshew? All... Somebody offer like a huge amount? No, of, no, no, no. Deadline? We've been all over the DJ Chark. We've been all over Dede Westbrook coming back. So, you know, that's been the connection with Minshew. How does Nick Foles affect that? Oh, we won't know until it actually starts to happen because we don't even have the sample side. It happened so quickly with him being hurt that it's it's almost just kind of a coin flip at this point, which is frustrating. It, it makes it difficult to know which Jacksonville receiver 
that you would perhaps want to acquire in a trade for rest of season, for example, because there's just such a limited sample on Nick Foles that for now, I still have them ranked Chark, Westbrook. But if you're telling me that with Nick Foles back, it was to flip, I wouldn't really bat an eye at that. Does that make sense? Well, well, here's the problem. The problem is I I do get what you're saying. Uh, DJ Chark, I feel like, is the more talented guy. I agree with that. That's why I still have him higher than Westbrook. Right. But I feel like because right now it's kind of a coin flip situation, D.D. Westbrook is going to be a lot cheaper to acquire. Oh, okay. If you're going from that perspective, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to play that, yeah, absolutely. Westbrook will be much less expensive. Yeah, again, something we will talk about in a little bit. For strength of schedule here in the playoffs, the Jags have the easiest wide receiver schedule in the league. Numero uno. Oh, there you go. So if I could have a top-end Jaguars wide receiver, I'd love to have it. Do I know it's D.D. Westbrook? Do I know it's D.J. Chark? Absolutely not. I have no clue. However, I feel like both of them, given the schedule and situation, should be able to produce. Uh, For the record, by the way, during those playoffs, they take on the Chargers, Raiders, and Falcons. So you love love every bit of that. man. Put it in my... Oh, rub my body with it. Oh, that's fantastic. Jacked yeah, it into my veins. Yeah, that's absolutely. I want to bathe in it. That's just beautiful. That's one hundred percent the playoff schedule I want for my matchups. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I would be all over that if I could get it. At this point, because of what he's done, DJ Chark probably too expensive to acquire. But I mean, if you're looking to shop at a discount, DD Westbrook absolutely somebody I'm willing to add just on a flyer. Yeah, my only concern with DD so far this year, beyond the quarterback issues, has just been got a lot of drops this season. A lot of drops for Mr. Westbrook. So that's my other concern with Westbrook. But other than that, no, I I agree with the idea. Meanwhile. Oh, Neil, this is depressing. This is one of my guys this year. Yeah, this is sad. Carry on heading to the IR, had knee surgery. The dude just can't stop getting hurt. It just, it's a shame, really. Uh, He he could be one of those that's just plagued by injuries his career. And that's... He's hate not to exactly see that. the biggest guy in the world either is kind of the other issue. Uh, they're hoping that he will be able to come back, but they've already put him on IR, so he has to miss eight weeks, and that would put him back week 16 and 17 during the fantasy championship, which, number one, I don't know why they'd bother, uh, and number two, I don't know why you'd bother. What? So, well, it would depend. Detroit would need to go on some absolute heater. For them, yeah, it would need to go it'd on be like a playoff scenario. Player. Yeah, right. that's the only reason you would you would uh, you would do this is that you've got some sort of shot at making the playoffs. Maybe, but it's going to be a lot harder without Carryon Johnson, as we're yeah, going to so get for, into for fantasy purposes. Carryon done. Uh, that leaves Ty Johnson as the primary back, but it'll most likely be a hot hand situation. J.D. McKissick's still there. Trey Carson's still there. They're uh, still tooling around in that backfield. Also, I keep putting this out there in the universe, not because I want it to happen, but just because I don't want the heartbreak to happen for everyone out there. C.J. Anderson exists. He (laughs) played with the team the first half of the season before he got cut, and we all remember, all all us John Kelly truthers will never forget C.J. Anderson coming in there, swooping in. Taking that Todd Gurley usage. You had to bring it up. I had to. Reopen Never forget. Hashtag never forget, Neil. It's very true. It's very true. It's a poignant example. So CJ Anderson could potentially 
be back with the Lions offense. If he were to do that, he would be my highest rated guy yeah. in their backfield. Till yeah. then, it's Ty Johnson. Yep. Uh this week, at least, they have also elevated Paul Perkins from the practice squad, and that's which my just tells me to, that's my candidate to ruin your hopes and dreams. But yes. seen him do it. I've watched him do it to people in, in, when he was with the Giants. I have seen Paul Perkins get to play, and if he looks even remotely better than Ty Johnson, to your point, he, they will go hot handed. I could see Paul Perkins having the, the the inside line on being the guy that ruins your Ty Johnson start. Well, not only that, but again, McKissick is a pass catcher. Trey Carson is really their special teams guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Paul Perkins is going to be Ty Johnson's backup slash change of pace. And like I said, if he gets the hot hand, all of a sudden he's the starting running back, not not Ty Johnson. Yeah, he's not terrible either. He's not great, but he's not terrible. Exactly. So at least for this week, I am kind of hedging on all of those guys. It also concerned me the fact that they elevated Paul Perkins to this to the roster uh just the idea that okay well we're not going to give ty johnson everything we need yeah, something yeah, else yeah. in here we got to mix it so up. It, sh- it shows their lack of confidence i think in ty yeah but no well th- it just something to note if you've bet the farm on ty johnson this week out of desperation like a lot of people have you gotta start him right you don't oh really have absolutely choice. have no choice if you went out and blew your fab budget mr 50 dollars, mr 80 dollars, mr whatever you spent which it was all over the internet today. Uh, if you blew the wad on on that, then you got to roll with it, and you got to pray that Ty Johnson is David Johnson from about two to three years ago, and this is your lottery ticket to the playoffs, and this is how we're going to go about it. What do you think, Steve? Is Ty Johnson David Johnson? No. All right. Then. Is Ty Johnson Jamal Charles from about three years before David Johnson? Um, I think I'm trying to think what's a perfect comp here. Tied because he's a young back, he's inexperienced. Who's that guy that Eric Trooper beat you with that played like one good game and then never played football again? <laughs> oh, um, I know what you're talking about. It's gonna bug me now, but thank you. It's something yep, brown. Yep. Wrote the show. I'll, not Malcolm. I'll, I'll think of it. Thank you. It'll ruin. Oh, it'll me. come back later. Um, no, I'm trying to think. It's not okay, a lot of hype, young rookie, but I don't think is going to do a lot. I kind of feel like this is sort of, well, I mean, for for lack of a better, sorry, but Paul Perkins, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> remember, Paul Perkins was the guy in the backfield for the Giants for so long that everybody's like, just give him the chance, give him the chance. And then a bunch of injuries happened and... Paul Perkins was the man, and boy, was he bad as the starter. <laughs> I do like, remember that. That did not work I out at all. That. So that I is the reason. feel like it's pretty similar. I feel yeah. like it's kind of the same same type of deal. I mean, I could be off there, but I feel like that's probably the best comp off the top of my head. <sighs> I just think it makes the Lions throw more, honest to God. Yeah, like, probably. If you had to put a gun to my head and make me like really think, like, what does this injury do to the Lions, I just think it makes them throw more. They go back to being the Lions. That's, that's all it does. Well, I mean, what's scariest about this for me, especially, you know, if you're a Ty Johnson owner, especially, he doesn't catch. He has no hands whatsoever. And given how this uh, whole offense has run, I almost feel like you're talking about the Theo Riddick type role for J.D. McKissick, that the running game becomes 
short screen passes that J.D. McKissick runs out of the backfield, and all of a sudden J.D. McKissick becomes an overnight PPR star. Well, we've seen that happen already once in the past, so that exactly really super shocked yeah. me. I've seen that. I've seen both of those things happen independently of each other. You know what I mean? In the case of Theo Riddick, and also in the case of J.D. McKissick when he was with Seattle. For those of you who don't recall, or the career of the life and times of J.D. McKissick and his foot injuries. That's my biggest concern, by the way, about J.D. McKissick. <laughs> is, right. is the sure. litany of foot injuries right. the man has had in his career. Right. So many. Uh, so let's move on from Detroit. We'll talk about AP, who's got a grade one high ankle sprain and a grade two low ankle sprain. He says he'll be fine and good to go. I personally <laughs> would make other arrangements. I'm they always say that. that. And he would look, say that. To be fair, when you look at the rest of that roster, what else are they going to trot out there? I have That's no doubt. Point. He's questionable to play. I have no doubt he will play, but I don't know how much they're actually going to run with him. I feel like it's just going to be a lot of checkdowns. Wendell Smallwood. Yeah. The only guy who's healthy. We'll see how yeah, that goes. Chris Thompson ruled out. Uh, yep. And in that same backfield, BT Dubs, Darius Geis, back at practice, getting yep. swole, getting ready to break a leg. <laughs> he means good luck, Darius. He's sure. a thespian. He's a thespian. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Not some that's sort what of I meant. A-hole. He's not some sort of a-hole. No. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> but, but Darius Geis looking to come back. He's still sitting in my IR slot. In our league, so I, I'm going to hold on to Darius Geis forever. Darius well, Geis is my shot Darius, call that I, I want to be say, right forever. You're gonna. This is like one of those things where it's like I will just die on this hill at this point because I've yeah, played, I. Yeah, I mean, for those new to the show, Darius Geis is my 2018 Darwin Thompson. Yep, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah, you cut you Darwin go. Thompson by the way in a league. I wasn't going to bring that up either, but since you brought it up, it's not week 10. I still got plenty of time to get him back. Oh, I see. You got to go get him back. <laughs> all right. Yep. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I feel like we especially <laughs> well, especially with some other news we got. So let me let me get into that here. Uh, sure. Meanwhile, Emmanuel Sanders traded to San Francisco. Finally, they did Woo! something. Finally, the Niners. So they uh, now have a legitimate weapon at wide receiver. Unfortunately for me, it's not AJ Green. I kept hoping that was going to be the marriage made in heaven, but me too. I actually have oh well. a couple leagues just like you do, and I was like, that'd be great. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. Just Brought him out oh, there. It would Let's have been do... so awesome. That's great. Uh, Let's and do that. Also, I'm confused about the pushback. I have seen a bunch of people, including our own Aiden Ware, confused as to why the Niners, a run-heavy team who have been winning every single game they've been in, even need a wide receiver. And oh, to that, yeah, that's I say, you're insane. <laughs> yeah, you're insane. You're absolutely insane. You're a crazy person. You yeah. Debo Samuel truthers. <laughs> right. Like, get out of here. Crazy pill. Yeah, uh, no, so I will bring no. up the same stat that I brought up to Aiden. Please which do. Is, People need to hear it. Uh, per our friends over at PFF, the highest rated uh, wide receiver for the Niners was Kendrick Bourne, 48th rated wide receiver Note in the league. Note how it's not Debo Samuel, by the way. Debo America. Samuel, 67th. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, 75th. Richie James, 86th. Dante Pettis, 90th. They went out and got Emmanuel Sanders, who is the number 13 rated wide receiver in all of football this season. Yeah. Here, I'll break I'll break this down as succinctly as I can because I get a lot of pushback. We got a lot of pushback out here on the Denver side 
because people are saying it was funny. Did you see how a couple things got leaked out around this, around Elway's press conference? Did that actually make the national media or is that just something we were talking about? Because I didn't see it, but fill us all in. Just so Elway uh, made sure uh, that to go in, in front of the media at his normal media time and do two things in quick, quick order. One was to uh, completely tip his hand and just reveal something that was actually clandestine information to the media unintentionally uh, that we'll get into in a moment. And then the second thing that he went on to do was to intentionally throw Emmanuel Sanders under the bus on his way, on his way out of Denver, calling him effectively a bad locker room guy and a bad character. And I'll break, I'll break this down. I'll break this down. Here's what happened. Emmanuel Sanders, if we recall back to last year, nearly had his football career ended by the Denver Broncos by putting him in an unreasonable situation with Case Keenum and asking him to do everything. Then he managed to get, he got hurt, which is a shame, but he's 32. We all, we all know that he came back at a freakish pace after having two off season knee surgeries and has actually been incredibly good. And what is killing him is that he is playing for a new contract somewhere else. And Joe Flacco has been spoiler alert, Joe Flacco. He's been really bad. And he's <laughs> only had connections with Cortland Sutton, who we will get into in a moment. Now, what this has done is completely nuke Emmanuel Sanders' not only fantasy value, but also his ability to put out good tape to try and continue his career. And so he made a couple comments about, about it, not even to the media, and then, boom, traded. Traded. And the deal was that the, that the Niners gave up uh, a... Fifth round pick. I'm sorry, excuse me. They got the Niners gave up their third and fourth in next year's draft, and the Broncos gave up Sanders and their fifth in next year's draft to move up to the third and fourth. And I believe there's also some pick for next year's. But uh, but that was the deal. And everybody out here went insane because it was two things. It was it was in a lot of people's mind, John Elway giving up on the season. And of course, Elway's like, no, no, never, never. Because of what he went then went on to do, which is to then basically just reveal to the media that Tim Patrick's coming back from IR in week 11, which is not something that he was supposed to do. <laughs> that All is right. not something that he was supposed to tell people because that was supposed to be clandestine information. So now we know Tim Patrick will be back from the IR week 11. Yes, Tim so. Patrick, star from last year, fantasy zombie Tim Patrick coming back in week 11. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton also still not dead. Not dead yet. Still there. Not technically and, uh, the number two, isn't he? Well, he's more the slot guy and maybe the number two. And we don't really know who the number two is going to be until week 11 when Tim Patrick gets back. Right. They may have to play somebody from their practice squad. It's nobody that I would want to invest in, by the way. You know, not that I feel like I should have to point that out to you, but people are thirsty. So now um, is, does this put Cortland Sutton to the moon? Or uh, it puts he was Cortland already getting Sutton. a ton of targets. My fear is now is he going to get Tyler the number Boyd. one shadow all the he time? The, he becomes Tyler Boyd, and yeah. and they and they just black, bracket cover him at every opportunity. And uh, yeah, I feel like that could happen. And so I feel like it moves Cortland Sutton up a little bit until it's proven that that's going to be a problem. And uh, and we just kind of go from there. But for this week and possibly for the next week or two, depending on the matchups, because the Broncos have a couple couple good matchups uh, coming up here. Uh, Cortland Sutton will be rated higher than has been. He's going to be inside the top 20. He's going to be like 16, 15, that neighborhood, whereas he was nowhere near that preseason or beginning of the season. He's looked great. 
I mean, as I've yeah. been saying when they got him last mm-hmm. year, just give him a year to learn how to play pro football and let's see what he could do. And he's paying it off right now. I especially loved when, uh, shout out to the nerd, he completely launched your safety from Chargers just off of him and into the stands. Like, just yeah, heaved he, him like into the stands. Said, this week, they have uh, Indy. That's a tough matchup. Yep. But weirdly, after that, Cleveland, <laughs> the bye, Minnesota, Buffalo, the Chargers even Houston going into week 14. Cortland so, Sutton is somebody that good matchups all the way. I am tepidly interested in Cortland Sutton rest of season in some sort of trade, depending on what I would have to, what I would have to, uh, to expend to do it. If you can yeah. get it for not market value and, or still get it at the old value to say, to say that uh, preseason value. Yeah. Do that because I feel like he's going to be a nice spot starter uh, slash flex slash wide receiver two possibly for the remainder of the season. That's, that's kind of where I've got him. And for next year, he becomes very interesting if you plan a keeper. Right, absolutely. Also, uh, uh, also, real quick, uh, the Denver Broncos are hilarious. That it was just trade, throw under the bus. Tim Patrick's coming back. Disaster of a press conference. John Elway football, baby. What a gotta love it. Got what a clown! After you get clowned on by the Chiefs, what a. Cl- Speaking of uh, wide receiver trades, Mohamed Sanu heading to the Patriots. For a second round pick, uh, in a correlating move, the uh, the Patriots put Josh Gordon on IR. So I was fully prepared to come on here and tell you cut bait, get rid of Josh Gordon, this roster fodder, and and here he is, roster fodder for the Patriots. So there you go, put on IR. He is done effectively for the year. Uh, but Mohamed Sanu now steps into basically that number three role. He could potentially surpass uh, Philip Dorsett as the number two behind Julian Edelman. But how do you feel like this affects Mohamed Sanu's value going forward? Immediate short term, next two weeks, I think it hurts it. Uh, beyond that, I actually think it helps. I, I think. Uh, I so think you think eventually actually... he does surpass? I think eventually he could. I think there's every chance Uh because we've seen Mohamed Sanu have success in the past, but it's going to be critical that he develops a rapport with Brady. And if that fails to happen, then no, he will not because Dorsett has managed to do that. That's how Dorsett has managed to hang on to that team for so long. So that's, that's the issue. Now I will say with Josh Gordon gone, it does present a very serious opportunity for Sanu. Would you not agree where it's the only person he has to outplay really is like Gunner, O'Shaughnessy. Well, you know, Jacoby the, Myers. And Jacoby Myers is the other I mean, one that I think is also very interesting because he's been, he's been developing the report. Coming back from his injury. Right. So, so I mean, there, it's there hard, are a lot it's, of mouths to feed there, but I still think we've talked about for years how Mo Sanu is one of the most underrated players in the league. He's a really talented player. So anybody on the field with Tom Brady, in theory, has, like, he... I think Mohamed Sanu was on the fringes of he was kind of a flex, you know what I mean, with the Falcons? Because he had had some really uh-huh. nice games this season. And if you were flexing Mohamed Sanu, I could see it, given buys and situations like that. But I think he has the potential to move up slightly here. Now, the downside is, I think he does move up here, to be honest. I think he will eventually carve himself out a nice little role, just because the talent's there. But the downside is, is that you, he could theoretically just fall off completely and just not, you know what I mean? Never, the gel, now, never gels, never gets to play. I'm going to go ahead and just duck all the incoming flying objects right now because I already know it's coming. 
but I'm going to say this is a perfect buy low situation for Calvin Ridley. And it's not popular right now because (laughs) how we started the show. He has been pretty, pretty, pretty rough. Just remember the first segment. Yeah. (laughs) He's been pretty rough to rely on. Now I will say this, Matt Ryan, like I said, this is one of those scenarios where you have to look at the matchup, right? Matt Ryan with his schedule, horrible matchups for quarterbacks, right? Quarterbacks tend to give up. Right. And the difference being that with Matt Ryan, that's because of uh, sacks. That's because of uh, QB contain. So they're not getting the scrambling yards they normally get. That's because of interceptions based on the defenses they're facing. However, for wide receivers, Atlanta actually has the sixth easiest schedule throughout the fantasy playoffs and has a fairly light schedule for the rest of the season. So this might be a good opportunity. Now, you could potentially have either Matt Schaub throwing him the ball this week or a gimpy Matt Ryan and then the bye next week. But if you can survive those two weeks without having to count on Calvin Ridley, down the stretch, you could actually do much worse. And now the biggest question mark with Calvin Ridley throughout the season was, is it going to be him or Mohamed Sanu that gets a majority of the targets? Ridley was just the home run guy, right? Well, this clears that up. There's nobody there now to interfere to intercept the ball. Don't come at me with Justin Hardy. If you come <laughs> at me with Justin Hardy, I'm blocking you. That's how that transaction I, ends. I will still like as much as I love Muhammad Sanu, I will still never forgive him for intercepting that 74-yard touchdown from Calvin Ridley <laughs> so he could get that 20-yard oh, catch. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that was a couple weeks ago. Oh, that was amazing. Ugh. Oh, what a snag. But yeah, like without and that that is just is that not just the perfect uh, analogy, the perfect metaphor, basically for this whole season, for that that yeah. Muhammad Sanu was literally stealing the value away from Calvin Ridley, and with well, Muhammad yeah. Sanu gone, it's literally just Julio, Calvin, and Austin Hooper, and and, and Austin, Austin Hooper's been eating, and Julio is Julio. So yep. I mean, Calvin Ridley's the guy that figures to get the biggest uptick here. And I feel like this is going to be nothing but good news for him going the rest of the way. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I also like the idea, by the way, because it's the Patriots, that I could see Sanu getting snaps out of the. Right. Sure. I, I could I see that. Do before. Get creative. And, yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. But that was why I was saying Sanu is an interesting one. It's hard to know whether to buy or sell it. It's kind of yeah, like. Exactly. Uh, it's just I woke up this morning. I own Mohamed Sanu. And, and to, to be honest, like, like huh. again, at this <laughs> point, Mohamed Sanu, just because of dealing with Ridley and then uh, Julio Jones being the number one and then Matt Ryan being so aggressively awful, uh, you know, Mohamed Sanu has been kind of in the 30s for my ranks most weeks. Yep. Middle of the pack 30s, with, right along where Josh Gordon was. And that's kind of where Mohamed Sanu is going to end up for me right now. Like, for yeah. his fantasy value, until he for sure passes Dorsett, I don't really think it affects his value much at all. No, and then we'll see if he can actually manage to fight. If somebody wants to overpay you compared to what he's done because of the idea that he's a Patriot now, I would take it. Yes, I would get I would I would go ahead and pull the trigger on if somebody upgrade me into true wide receiver two territory. Yeah. But I'm not gonna be on the other side of that. I'm not gonna go overpay to get him. No, no, no. Or maybe I would uh, buy low, I guess, if somebody was scared of it. 
Yeah, if but, somebody were, or if somebody was desperate, you know. Yeah. Who sure. knows? But yeah, I, I could see that possibly in a deep league. Yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen pulled his hamstring Sunday. He's been ruled out for tomorrow's game. Uh, big day for Diggs against Washington. Yeah, big day for everybody on the Vikings. Start all your Vikings. Start Kirk Cousins. Revenge game. Revenge game. Thursday night. There, the 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 R's well, are that's not. Another the, one of those things where it's a scary situation for me because it's possible they go up early. Yeah, and, and then Dalvin they just Cook run out the clock. Yeah, Dalvin Cook has four touchdowns in the first five minutes. Yeah. Sure. And that's it. Sure. It's entirely possible. It is entirely possible. However, don't know that it's going to happen. And at this point, like, I can't ignore all the positive markers. It's scary, but I've got Kirk Cousins inside the top 10 this week. I've got Diggs rated higher than normal. I'm high on Dalvin Cook. I think you've got, I've got him at RB2. You know, and now all. that you mentioned it, I really just, I honest to God just realized that yes, Kirk Cousins' revenge game against the R's, but it's also Case Keenum against the yeah. Vikings. Revenge game. Yeah. I really, I that no, just clicked. It's, it's the overall revenge game that they I'm, literally I'm, I'm flipped actually, spots. I'm actually anticipating this game to be full of just hatred and vitriol, and, and hopefully it translates to points. That's I mean, it's Ke- it's Case Keenum and Adrian Peterson. Yep. Against it's everybody. the Vikings. It's, it's, it's yeah. mine. Yep. It's, they it's flipped literally rosters. the revenge game. Yes, it is the revenge game of revenge games. I cannot wait for it. I think there's going to be a fight. Like, this game is going to get nasty, and I just hope it translates to points. That's crazy. Yep. Anyway, that had literally nothing to do with anything, but that's no, how we do fun. things here no, in this storage but closet. But it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yes, I think Diggs has a decent day. But again, that's a situation where he has a decent day if he goes off in the first quarter. I hope so, or the first <laughs> if half. If they're up, least. if they're up big at halftime and he yeah, hasn't done yeah, much, yeah, I yeah, think it's not, over. Not looking good. Start, start drinking. Not looking good. Yeah. Uh, hey, it, Neil, stop me if you've heard this before. Oh, my hamstring. Uh, Will Fuller. That's so unnecessary. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> necessary. <laughs> It's 100% necessary, and you know it. All right, I'll just cede the floor to you, Mr. Texas let's, fan. Let's go back All right, to we'll week back. three when I said Will Fuller just out there running with his hand up, and all of a sudden it's out my hamstring. Uh, did I or did I not say that? No, we checked the tape. You said that. It Here we are. Podcast. It happened. Will Fuller suffering <laughs> a significant hamstring pull will miss multiple weeks, if not most of the second half of the season. If only you could have been warned, people. Oh, who could have seen this coming? So sick of this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you feel better? Look, uh, Get that I, I don't. System? No? I do not. You know <laughs> not why? Hoping. Because we're going to be back here next year talking about, hey, Will Fuller, upside wide receiver yeah. two. No, you're right. No, we will be. Yeah. No, no, he's still on it's... the Texans. Assuming no. he's still on the Texans, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. assuming he's still there. Uh, and Bill O'Brien is still the GM. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I mentioned coach. this before, uh, and you may have missed your chance. It may be too late now, but Kenny Stills, legit wide receiver three. When Will Fuller is not on the field, he has dominated. Uh, This past week, he had four catches for 105 yards. He also leads the league with 15.42 yards per target. He is a big play threat for them. And Will Fuller is leaving behind a 21.6% target share. So there is a large gap to fill in that offense. And Kenny Stills is absolutely the guy that's going to fill it. 
also, he's not going to get all 21%. This also no, makes Kiki QT startable. Yeah. Again. It De- puts Kiki well, QT eh, back I don't know about startable, Fine. but I don't at mean least startable, rosterable. Rosterable. Rosterable is a better way to put that. Yeah, rosterable. Because, yes, before uh, we talked about the fact that he was basically just waiver fodder. Yeah, you don't need The, the way they were using him. And now, given this, yeah. Now they're going to be doing that. So there you go. Yep. Fantasy season is in full swing, but you can get covered with Roto-Assurance for your DFS team. All you have to do is draft your team on any DFS platform out there, then head over to rotoassurance.com and fill out the daily fantasy insurance form. All they need is some basic information like your name, email, how much the contest entry fee is, and the player that you want to insure. When you're doing that, you can enter promo code NONSENSE, that's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, to get 20% off of your coverage. If your insured player gets injured in the first half and does not return for the second half of the game due to that injury, then you're covered. You get your full entry fee back to that DFS contest. So what do you have to lose? Head on over to rotoassurance.com, use promo code NONSENSE to save 20% on your plan, and remember that injuries can happen at any time, so sign up today. All right, Neil, so we're going to talk now uh, about strength of schedule for playoffs. We have, uh, we've kind of talked about this a little bit throughout the show, as I've mentioned a little bit. This has been, you know, you know me, Neil, I have so much free time that I was like, hey, I need another project. So, uh... I've been working heavily in the background for you people uh, about this strength of schedule because we're getting into the nitty-gritty here. We are past the halfway point now of the fantasy season. Uh, Weeks 14, 15, and 16, of course, are the standard playoff format for fantasy football. So uh, let's kick it off first with quarterbacks. Uh, As I mentioned, you know, with the wide receivers along the same lines, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one playoff schedule for quarterback. So, I mean, you'd have to hope that that would clear up in order for you to, you know, really want to make a move on that, right? Because as it is now, you're not going to trust Minshew towards playoffs. No, time. no, you'd have to. This is where. And so for playoff strength of schedule, we're talking about strictly 15, 16, correct? Yeah, those three weeks, 14, 15, yeah, we're not, 16. We're not discussing the run-up to the playoffs at this time. Right. We're just talking about strictly those three weeks. Yeah. Okay. And that's another part of it, too, is as you look at it, like the number two uh, schedule is the Carolina Panthers, who have two top ten matchups, and then the Colts uh, are the 19th-rated matchup. Not great, but not terrible. But leading up to it, they have two top 10 matchups, another two top 20. So, Well, that's what's important to consider as you're building Yeah, if you're your looking long term, you got to get there. You, yeah, you got to get there. So it depends on who you are. Are you in a position in this league where you're already more or less on your way to the playoffs and you're good and you need to make moves for the future and you want to do that now while the price tag is still low? Yeah, that's where, where playoff strength of schedule comes in. But in a lot of cases, it's relevant to look at the run-up because most people, frankly, are not in that position. So if you're four and three and you're looking to make moves, you probably want to look at the run up to it and the playoffs. And a lot of this is the players, too, because, again, I already mentioned the Jags with their QB issues. Now you've got Kyle Allen and Cam Newton fighting it out for that job in Carolina. The remainder of the top five is the Giants, the Broncos and the 49ers. So, again, none of the like 
You definitely don't want Joe Flacco. Yeah, For Daniel no, Jones, you. he's been kind of a streamer here and there, but his rest of season, his weeks 8 through 13, terrible. Yes, and he's been I don't want wildly, any part of that. He's been wildly inconsistent. It's not something I want to count on. Him. Right, so I mean, he's been inconsistent, but his rest of season leading up to the playoffs is not good matchups. You would literally only be using him for the playoffs. I'd rather just have someone long-term. And then San Francisco, the Niners just don't throw it. Jimmy G just doesn't put up enough even, points even with Emmanuel to be Sanders relevant. Going even, there now, yeah, and even I with a not, good schedule. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, Jimmy G is not, not enough volume on that to really do it. And then what's interesting is just uh, finishing out the top ten right behind it is Phil Rivers with the Chargers. Which uh, I would normally be all over with both hands. Like, yay, yeah. our boy. But then if you watch the Chargers and it's like, oh, my Lord, what is happening here? Uh, but then it's Russell Wilson of Seattle, and then it's uh, Washington. As opposed to the other Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, that one, of the Yankees. Yeah, of the Yankees, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, Washington, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota. So Jameis makes the top ten. Do you think they fixed but, it in the bye week? Nope, but I'm not a Jameis guy, and I'm not going to get I'm not going to get suckered into that obvious bear trap and then bottom five hardest uh schedules remaining uh from five to one uh new orleans atlanta that we talked about the rams buffalo and the hardest schedule in the playoffs kansas city (laughs) cyborg mahomes (laughs) so there you go that's amazing so yeah I mean, obviously by that, uh, I should probably just drop Pat Mahomes. Yep. So there yep. you go. Yep. That's yep. the advice that we bring to you on a Official Wednesday. Official advice. Yep. <laughs> go ahead. You and, are and, welcome, America. Yeah. You would are you, welcome. I know, I, would you be open to the idea of trading Patrick Mahomes to get, like, just Watson, who I'm guessing is probably somewhere in the middle or something like that? Sure. I mean, you could package yeah. that. Absolutely. Guessing you even with Mahomes. I'd be Kirk, off the Mahomes bandwagon. Uh, but like, I, again, yeah. with him being out three weeks, it's going to be harder to do. But Yes, it is. But uh, all right. Well, that's good food for thought, though. So Russell yep. Wilson's probably too valuable at this point to really focus on acquiring unless the other team was out of it and you played some sort yep. of Yeah, I, I think your best bet's the Jameis one if you buy yeah. into it like but I do. More, but, but more, that's just that's just more of a comment on how ugly that list was <laughs> to me than anything story, else. right? So yeah. there you go. I heard Kirk Cousins in there, and given mm-hmm. what he's done the last three weeks, that might not be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But at the sure. same time, you are literally playing with. Absolutely. And with that, I suggest we segue into running back or something. Yeah, running back top five. This is going to be a theme because the number one easiest schedule, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, hey. So there you go. Again, well, you Chargers, go. Oakland, Atlanta. They give oh, up a yeah. lot of points to pretty much every position. Oh, I love it. So, no, I love it all. That's that amazing. playoff yep. schedule is fantastic. Now, again, along the same lines that we talked about with the other guys, Leonard Fournette has been a top 10 guy all season. But again, getting there is another thing. Weeks 8 through 13, uh, Jacksonville actually has the fourth hardest schedule. Oh, so, good. yeah, if you get there. <laughs> then Leonard or, Fournette yeah. should help you win. Yeah. But it's getting well, there that's the hopefully problem. Hopefully you're good enough and you play early playoffs and you're already in the playoffs. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they're... That'd be they're, brutal, too. That's, that's not good. Their matchups, uh, weeks 8 through 13, quickly, are 24th, 22nd, the bye, 29th, 16th, and 30th. 
So, all tough sledding. Yeah. Not ideal. No. And then, of course, because there is no God, New England, number two. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Sure. So, because so any of it, Sony Michelle, yeah, Rex Burkhead. Take a running back out of a hat, and then the, that your guess is as good as ours on that one. Yeah. Uh, and Probably then Minnesota, Sony Michelle, three, Chicago, four, Oakland, five. Minnesota is a, is, a, is a good one. That ensures the Delvin, uh, or oh, I hope it's not Madison by then, but you never know with yeah. them. And right. then, uh, and then, uh, uh, Chicago would be an interesting one if they actually ever ran the football. Yeah, if they were ever good again. Yeah, sure. yeah, if they were ever actually mm-hmm. good. So, yeah. yeah, sorry to be flippant, uh, America, but uh, we're very <laughs> jaded about the Bears over here. Absolutely. Uh, and then bottom five again from five to one. Uh, for running backs, we've got uh, Indy, Arizona, Buffalo, Detroit. Sorry, Ty Johnson owners. And uh, New Orleans, the hardest running back schedule through the playoffs. Yeah, so I believe New it. New Orleans, yeah, they play San Francisco, Indy, and Tennessee. The problem is New Orleans' run-up to that is just joyous because you get Atlanta in there twice, you get some Tampa yes. Bays. So getting there with the Saints is, is well, very difficult. they get Atlanta twice, and then Carolina's a good one. Arizona this week also isn't bad. Tampa Bay's actually 30th. Oh, I'm sorry, against the run, but I'm thinking about the pass catching. Yeah, yeah. In theory, they would also accrue in that. Correct. Which be, so that's that's I softened the blow on that one a little bit. But yeah, the Saints' run-up is insane. And to all the fel- my fellow Alvin Kamara owners, I don't know what to tell you. Just keep following the practice reports. It's the most frustrating topic in the year. Keep right on now. keeping on. Just keep following the practice reports. If he gets ruled out and you're like me, you can try and package and trade him. They have no options depending on the team is. And I would not judge you for doing that because I am considering doing it myself. Uh, wide um, receiver, as I already mentioned. Uh, hey, Jacksonville on top. Shocker. So the Jags, number one. <laughs> number two, Dallas. <laughs> Amari Cooper owners rejoice. How about Michael yep. Gallup as well? Michael Gallup, yeah, sure, guy. absolutely. Stumpy if you're desperate. Uh, the Chargers three, Seattle four, Cleveland five. Free Odell Beckham. Yeah, free Odell Beckham, or if not that, then just fire away to Jarvis Landry. Do one of something. them. Do Anybody. Something. Poke him with the stick meme. Do something. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the Browns right now. Hopefully they fixed it in the bye yeah. week. And then, of course, they go, they go on their way to go to Gillette to get housed by the Patriots. That's going to be fun. Uh, bottom five, New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, Tampa Bay, and Philly. Well, the Philly one is not especially relevant. The Tampa Bay one is, given the production of Chris Godwin. Uh, right. But they also have, they have a, a, a weird schedule because they have to play the Saints a couple times. Uh, in there and that's not ideal really but we'll see how that well, I'm sorry, one time but we'll see yeah. he, he he did fine in that matchup last time because he got the lesser coverage because uh, they they put Lattimore on uh, on Evans yeah so, first wide receivers uh, Indy uh, is the 27th rated matchup Detroit is the hardest matchup in the league in week 15 and then uh, Houston which is currently yeah. 17th, and they just keep constantly adding new corners to try to <laughs> fix that secondary. They're signing guys off the so street. So who knows what that's going to be. Yeah, we'll see if they can solidify that at some point. And then top five for tight end, Carolina, the ghost of Greg Olson, number one. Uh, Minnesota, no. <laughs> Not relevant. No. Not relevant. No. Keep it moving on. Chicago three, Stumpy. Also not relevant. 
Yeah, Stumpy. Yeah. And apparently my boy, for everybody's Luke Wilson, five. Oh, ew. Yeah, your boy who did nothing <laughs> after Literally that game. nothing. Where, how about your mans? Uh, Talk about come and get your mans. Again, like, again. Whose mans yeah, is this? Here we go. Yep, go Who's ahead. Man's? Yep, go right ahead. Yeah, with his, with his like, point seven. Like, sure. Get out of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, he was lucky to have that. He was. Yeah. I'm done. We're moving on. That's, <laughs> we'll do it. Uh, we'll do that again periodically. <laughs> bottom five for tight end, New Orleans, Kansas City, Ooh, Buffalo, Cincy, and the Jets. Okay. Until Herndon comes back, none of that mattered except for Travis Kelsey. So yeah. and that, that to a certain extent, only matters if it matter if they can also, somebody can actually six, slow just, the Chiefs down properly. Just, uh, just so we're all aware, sixth hardest schedule right outside of that top five, Oakland. That is a weird one because I don't know that it matters. Because well, it's like it's involved. a bad it's a bad schedule. I, mean, I know, but it's not not that. But I mean, they just they're gonna throw it to him anyway. Basically, like it's, it's, I guess. it's one of those situations where I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't know that the matchups matter with him anymore in that offense if that's just what they're going to do. Yeah. That's just all they're doing because they don't have and very many a, other options, especially it's with to keep in mind, too, uh, that there's a bunch of different ways to look at strength of schedule. How I look at it and how I rank it for us here at importantnonsense.com is I rank it based off of a defense's performance to. Uh, every player compared to that player's season-long average. So how good that player did compared to what they normally do on a week-to-week basis. Sure. So no, that's a good way it, to look at that. So You can try the, and figure out how many extra points it would yield you. Exactly. So in the case of uh, Darren Waller there, for example, uh, they're playing Tennessee, who on average – this season are giving up about 10 points less than what their tight end opponents average. So it's just, just like they've played elite competition to this point and the guys that they have played have put up significantly less points than they normally do. And that's just basically how that's worked out. So that's how I looked at it, which is why I feel like our strength of schedule can be looked at a little more relevant than, than just saying, oh, hey, this is what they've done all season long. Yeah, but if they've done it against nobody, why does it matter? Why do I care? Exactly, yeah. And so you want to also really factor in the matchups in that case, too. The matchups really do matter. And so if if, so, we've did you do defenses, by the way? I did, and kickers. But we don't need to give any kickers. How much time do we have left? (laughs) Uh, Six minutes. All right, well, let's, uh, let's do defenses quickly then. All right, so defenses top five. This one doesn't even matter. Just completely ignore it. Miami. Moving yep, on. Moving on. Pittsburgh. That's relevant. Yep. That we'll, and we'll get into relevant. that. We're going to get into that in a second very quickly before we wrap the show. But yeah, Pittsburgh. Cleveland, Oakland, and then Houston. Houston's a good one. Uh, Oakland is difficult to trust. Well, Pittsburgh's interesting because they're playing Arizona, Buffalo, and the Jets. Yes. And, uh, uh, We'll get into that in a second here on on the rest of their schedule leading up to it because they're they're it's an intriguing it's an intriguing deal. Uh, but let's go before we do that. So yeah, the Steelers is a really good one because you can get that now for virtually nothing. And they're they right. got Miami, and it's week. Miami this week. They yeah. got Miami this week, yeah. So uh, and they've already had their bye, which is always a bonus. And we'll get into that in a minute because they got some awesome matchups. But uh, what are the bottom three? Uh, so the bottom five teams are Minnesota, sure, Indy. Yep. 
Tennessee, the Chargers, and the Bears. Yeah, Bears Tennessee's have the a good hardest schedule for defense through the fantasy playoffs. Tennessee's been top five by points scored so far this year. If you're rolling the Titans, you want to start looking for other options. So I'll tell you that right now because their run-up is also brutal. So you don't you don't want to play the Titans defense for much longer. It's not going to finish as a top five thing. It might finish at top ten on the end of it, but it's not going to. There's going to be some bad games in there. Was there anyone and, uh, else in there that you had that you did wanted to note on? I, I did want to make one note here. I have talked a lot all season about how you know the first half of the year for the Patriots defense they they've got to be a fantasy MVP at this point, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, have yeah. to be. They've won so many people so many games. And I was all in at the beginning of the year telling you, remember, it, just go back to the preseason tape and you'll hear it. You got to play them through the beginning of the year. And then in the second half of the year, things get real dicey for them. The reason I was saying it got real dicey is because some of these matchups that they have, we thought would turn out a lot better, i.e. Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These yeah. are games we thought that they would struggle against. But when you look at their remaining schedule, they're actually the eighth easiest playoff schedule now. They they do finish the year with Kansas City in week 14, the first round of the playoffs, which you don't love. But then it's Cincinnati in week 15 and Buffalo in week 16, when they absolutely dismantled the Bills earlier this year. I also made note of the stat yesterday in our staff chat that if the Patriots' offense never even took a snap, if the Patriots' offense never took the field this season, they would still be 3-3-1. Because the Patriots' defense has scored safeties, they've scored on fumble recoveries, they've scored on blocked punts, they've scored on pick sixes. They have put up more points than their opponents in three of their seven games. It's insane what they're doing right now. Yeah, they're on a historic pace. It was something along the lines of at one point they were the equivalent value of something. What was it like wide receiver two or something like that? Like yeah, we flat. talked about at, were, at one point they were like twenty points clear of tight end one. Like, yeah, at one point they were like they're their own entity at this point. They're not even hardly considered a defense anymore. And then they just completely just yeah. manhandled. So, the I mean, I was all night. about riding them out as long as you could and then bailing. And look, from weeks. At week 10, they have the bye. Then they have Philly, which is the 20th rated matchup. Dallas at 25. Houston at 16. Kansas City at 22. They absolutely have a rough patch. But if you can weather that storm, they can win you your league at the end of the year. And depending on how they do in some of those other matchups, you may just want to ride it out, depending on what else is available. I mean, at this point, the return on a trade would would be insane for sure but I don't even know if I want to give it up. They've just been so dominant. It's, it's hard to move on from it. It just depends on who you are. If you're, if, if they've been carrying you and you can parlay that into something that, that is a little bit more stable at a position, you know what I mean? I could see the argument for doing it. Right. If you could also pick up a streaming option and get the Steelers, you know what I mean? Because we, before we completely close the book on that, go ahead. Yeah. Just Steelers, rest of season, yep. Steelers, rest of season, Miami, Indy, uh, the Rams, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cleveland again, Arizona, Buffalo, the Jets. And then if, they, if you play into Week 17, Baltimore, but we'll leave that off. 
that's amazing. That is just that is phenomenal. That is that is a that is an excellent run up, and it is an excellent playoff schedule. Yeah, you so, got Miami this week, and then with Indy Indy's, and LA. Indy's not, Indy's not the greatest matchup in the world, but LA is a much better matchup than was we would have written it off for at the beginning well, of the season. Well, Indy's twenty one, LA is twenty three. But outside of that, every other matchup they have is top 15 or better. Exactly. So Steelers, then, rest of Cleveland season. Is fi- well, it's Cleveland is 15, and then everybody else is top 10. Exactly. So that so that so that's that's one of the nuggets that I've been uncovering. Next week, we're going to again, I'm sure, with more you know rest of season schedules and look-aheads and things like that as we continue to kind of mine the information that's out there and go through the schedules and figure this out for everybody, for America, frankly. But... That's one of the things that I've been operating under is that the Steelers have an insanely favorable schedule the rest of the way mm-hmm. for you. And if you can invest in Connor or Juju or, you know, really those are the main two that I would feel good about. But the things like that, though, the, their stars, I would, I would be inclined to do it. And you might be able to get uh, some of it at almost a discount because of their weird wonky start to the season. And the good news is, yeah. is that we got Mason Rudolph coming back and he at least looks like a competent NFL court. And by, by the way, you mentioned the Baltimore for, for Pittsburgh. If you are a league that plays into week 17, uh, new England has Miami again. Oh, there you go. So, so there, there you go. It's just more reason, There you go. more reason. It's just, like I said, at the beginning of the year, it looked like it was going to be such a tough stretch that you wouldn't be able to survive holding on to New England all season. And now, I, I don't know. Now I'm thinking I kind of just, I would ride it out. I, you know, it is an interesting proposition. Given what they've done, I mean, it's it's hard to turn away. Oh, it certainly is It feels is like one of those seasons where they're the, the Legion of Boom Seahawks, you know what I mean, that can win you a league for having the right defense the bears last yeah. year the jags two years ago yep where it's just you, so it's many just, you, you points hit. above replacement that you can't yep. you can't you, you really can't overcome on. it yeah. yeah so no i could see that especially if your team is good if my team is good i probably want to hold that advantage that i have at that position every single week, uh and just kind of ride it out at this point and try and improve my team another rather than part with it but i could also see where it's like right. if i'm squeaking these games out because the Patriots defense is putting up 30 something something points and I'm struggling with like who do I play at flex every week and it's nobody no good options I could make the argument for like yeah man probably want to trade the Patriots defense and get some sort of like reliable option to try and stabilize it because you could probably get something really nice at this point with the Steelers right. defense get somebody to give you what it's actually worth. which again as we said is like wide receiver 3 2 yeah something yeah, for sure you, you got to get you got to get the right value back yeah i'm but, not taking i'm not taking muhammad sanu for example no you gotta yeah. you gotta come up from that no. like we're coming up but no that's uh that's strength of schedule so there you go so that's ju- it's just always something to think about this time of the year when you're you're looking ahead to playoffs it's something that'll be available this weekend on importantnonsense.com so to be sure to look for that and then we will have uh trade targets also coming up here in the next week or so trade targets uh, for next week big push on important nonsense yeah. for us and then also that's why i was referring to nuggets like hey did you know that the steelers have an insanely yeah. schedule rest of the <laughs> there you because go. oh my god like they don't play anybody good and then people wonder why the steelers keep going to the playoffs <laughs> so 
that's the content you can be looking for. We will be back. Uh, well, I will be back for the Friday show uh, with Jack. Cavanaugh I will be on assignment. And uh, Jason Draven. So uh, until then, everybody, uh, hopefully Thursday can be a, a better game than it looks like it'll be. Probably not. Please. Please. We'll see. Someone. Anyone. Uh, and until then, keep up the nonsense. Yep. And since I won't see you Friday, have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Benjamin Banger, Tritachion, and Admiral Bob. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on importantnonsense.com.